into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. <clears throat> On today's episode, we will break down the loss that the Cats suffered at the hands of the Arkansas Razorbacks and then preview Kentucky's second matchup of the season with the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's start with a disappointing loss on Tuesday as UK falls to Arkansas, 88-73, to and squanders a chance to secure their second quad one win of the season. It was a highly anticipated matchup, and through 20 minutes, it looked like we had a great one on our hands. Unfortunately, the Wildcats played one of their worst halves of basketball and left fans heading up the rafters with about four minutes left. With such a promising first half, how did we end up in that position? Well, Sam, let's go back through my preview to this matchup and see how we did with the keys to the victory and the other factors that I outlined beforehand. The first key was the turnover battle. And on paper, Kentucky only lost that battle by two with a score of 13 turnovers for Kentucky to 11 by Arkansas. But what really jumps out to you is the points off turnovers where Kentucky had 10 and Arkansas had 23. That's a 13-point difference, people, and we lost the game by 15 points. So easy to say that Kentucky failed in this category to go along with the fact that Arkansas had 10 steals on the game. Our second key to victory was limiting Arkansas inside the paint and not allowing them to get to the foul line. Well, Sam, they score a robust 46 points in the paint on the Kentucky Wildcats and go to the free throw line 24 times where they made 20 of them. And then our last key to the game was offensive rebounding. Thought that we could really have an ability to create second chance points in this game by dominating the offensive glass. And while we did dominate the offensive glass by a score of 14 to 6, second chance points, we only have 13 to their 11. So we only win that category by a measly two points. So you look at all three of these major categories that we broke down before the game, Sam, and we lose two of them bad in the one that we win. It only creates a two-point margin for us in the game, so not very good when it comes to those areas. Outside of that, Sam, we focused on the fact that offensively, we knew it would be tough at times. You're playing a top 15 defense in all of college basketball, and while we did score 73 points, we struggled in areas. You look at our shooting percentage for the game at 47% from the field, which is below our average for the season. And we told you that Arkansas has the ability to hold you under your percentage for the season. We shoot 31% from the three-point line, only making four of 13. We told you that they were a great shot blocking team. And what did we do? We took it straight into the teeth of the defense and we let them go off to the tune of seven blocks as a team against us. We knew that they had some length down low, Sam, and we just absolutely failed miserably at trying to take out the Mitchell brothers in this game where they ended up having a massive impact. And then, Sam, something else we talked about was getting Oscar Shibway involved and getting him going after a a, a tough performance the week before, the game before, and... This, this blew my mind after going back and re-watching the tape, Sam. We did not get Oscar Shibway involved in this game. In the second half, 
in the second half, Sam. Let's not even get there first. Actually, we'll start here. He only took six shots in the game, and that's just unacceptable. Six shots in the game, completely unacceptable. Listen, he's been extremely unselfish in these last month or two of basketball when all the attention is put on him and he has continually found ways to dish it and find his teammates. And I think it's about time his teammates step up and do the same for him because the only time he ever touches the ball is when we throw it to him in the low post and he's either getting double or triple teamed. So we're not really giving Oscar Shibwe the amount of touches and putting him in a position to be extremely successful like he's been in the past. And that kind of leads me where I was about to go, Sam. But in the second half, I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. This guy touched the ball three times the entire second half. The first time he got it was off a broken pass that ended up at his feet. He picked it up and he laid it in for an and one. The only other time we threw it to him in the post during the second half, he went up for a shot, got it blocked, came back down to him. He went up to get it, got blocked again. Sam, the only other time he even touched the basketball was when he was beyond the three-point line, catching a ball, throwing it back to a guard and setting a screen for him. Outside of that, Oscar Shibwe did not touch the basketball in the second half, which is just absolutely criminal. We talked about the fact that our guards needed to outplay theirs. They have absolutely elite guards, and I think we failed in that category by a wide margin, Sam. I mean, it did not help not having Xavier Wheeler, having him ruled out before the game. Forced um, Cason Wallace to play a lot of minutes in this game, and maybe that wasn't conducive to um, putting him in, him in the best position to succeed. Um, so that didn't go over well. And, um, you know, last night I actually filed a missing persons report with the Lexington police, uh, on CJ Frederick. So, um, hopefully they'll, they'll locate him at some point in the near future, but, um, did file that, uh, missing persons report. So we're on top of that. Um, Reeves, Kind of a a, a so-so game, not very efficient. Again, struggled on defense for the second straight game where he had some mental lapses. Uh, Kaysen was great all night, Sam. He really was. Kaysen was great all night. There was a couple-minute stretch where he was really bad in that game, and I'm going to get to it, but it really cost our teams, and it had to do with turnover, Sam, because they really killed us. He's got to take care of the ball better. Just no excuse for that. Um, but yes, yeah, Sam, they're three guards. We talked about them before the game. They combined 54 points on the game, 19 of 35 shooting, which is 54%. And they go 13 to 17 uh, from those three guys from the free throw line. So you get big time guard play from their team, completely outplaying our guards in this game. And Sam, I thought we really had to do a good job of limiting their role players. Even if those guards went off, we had to limit the role players. And we did the exact opposite. Mikhail Mitchell goes 15 points on seven of nine shooting, Basically, was just getting handoff to dunk all night, um, and then Jordan Walsh. He came in. We mentioned him in our in our in our scouting report. A talented freshman who's not necessarily going to create his own shot all night, but he did a great job of playing off his teammates. He hit a very deep three in the game. You know, I'd like to see him try to make it again. Probably wouldn't, but at the end of the day, he goes four for four from the uh, from the field and, and ends up with thirteen points. So. You don't corral any of their guards, and then two out of their three big men you let have a major impact on the game, and it's tough to win when you play like that, Sam. And so the last thing I'll go through here is, listen, this was a 41-40 to basketball game at halftime, and we had every single opportunity it was all there right in front of us. At home, the crowd was rocking, and it was our chance to to take control of this basketball game in the second half and really put the pressure on the Arkansas Razorbacks. And you want to know what we did, Sam? This is what this is what really gets to me. Coming out of halftime, right? One point basketball game. Opening possession goes to Arkansas. Two point jump shot. They're now up three. We come down. Kaysen 
nice take to the basket, just misses the layup, is able to uh, grab an offensive rebound. They reset out to the top, and Kaysen tries to drive to the basket. Steal by Anthony Black, run out dunk. Come back down the next time. Lazy pass from Kaysen over to CJ on the wing. Anthony Black steal, run out dunk. Timeout John Calipari. In the first minute and a half of the second half, you go from a one-point deficit to a seven-point deficit. Luckily, Chris Livingston comes in, hits a three. Okay, boom, we're down by four now. What does Arkansas do the very next possession? They hit a three. Okay, it's back to a seven-point game. It's all right. We'll come down. We'll get a good possession, right? Wrong. Kaysen, another turnover for a run-out dunk. We're now down by nine. Jacob Toppin proceeds to lose his mind on the next couple of possessions, shooting a shot, uh, a three-pointer within six, seven seconds of the shot clock with like into the shot clock. So you still have 20 plus seconds left to get a shot off. Then he does something well. He goes and he drives to the basket and gets fouled. He goes to the free throw line. He bricks them both. It's like you couldn't just get back into the game. Like you had some opportunities to do it there. And then, you know, it's kind of going back and forth, a couple empty possessions in that game. And and then Kaysen hit a nice jumper, cut the lead to seven. And on the next possession, it's like, all right, you play great defense, get a stop. You can get a bucket and get right back into this. We play great defense for 28 seconds. Anthony Black makes a really nice pass down low layup in the 30th second of the shot clock to, to bring their lead back up. And Sam, we were able to chip it down to four in that second half. That was as close as we got it, and that was very brief because they went on a nice run there towards the back end of that second half. And it was a ten-point game with about eight minutes left, and we, you know, we had an opportunity. It's now or never. You got to chip away at this lead and make something happen. And we come out of the under eight timeout with two bad possessions in a row. Do not score. We allow them to score. They go up by 14. And Sam, after that, it was just kind of a little back and forth, but we could never make up any ground. And just a really, really disappointing second half that started off awful. And I'm not blaming Case and Wallace because he played great, but those couple minutes, Sam, just brutal. A lack of a lack of focus and attention to detail in about a four-minute span of the game. And that's what happens when you play a team as good as the Arkansas Razorbacks. You don't show up for four minutes of the game, and they go on a fat run, and they go up 15, and, and you don't have enough to get back in this game. And I, I, I just cannot wrap my mind around why Oscar Shibwe was so uninvolved in this basketball game. He should be the guy who is constantly always involved in what's going on. That just really disappointed me, Sam. Um, Like I said, Jacob was inconsistent. CJ was MIA. Kaysen had a good game, but the turnovers cost us. And if this game doesn't show you the value of Savir Wheeler, then I don't know what will. Because if he's able to come into this game, Sam, and spell Kaysen Wallace for minutes out of this game and not asking him to play almost a full game. I think it makes an entirely different impact on this game because then you're not getting those turnovers and whatnot. But Sam, it's just really, really frustrating and disappointing when you play so well at times in the game and you have a chance to be in the game and then you just shoot yourself in the foot, self-inflicted wounds down the back half of the second half of of this game. And it's just really, really disappointing. The last thing, last thing I want to say, Sam, and then I'm going to throw it over to you. Couple silver linings. One, Damian Collins, he's back to the player that we thought he could be before the season started. And it's been a journey, Sam, from losing, you know, 15 to 20 pounds to, to losing his father, going through all of that, being able to find his way back into this rotation and not only just find himself in the rotation, but making impactful winning plays. His production in eight minutes of play during that game against Arkansas was phenomenal. And so that's something you can take away from is he is a player that can help us down the stretch. And then two, Sam, Chris Livingston, 
you absolutely have to love the development of his game from the beginning of the season to where he is now. Confidently shooting the three, confidently grabbing rebounds, confidently taking it to the basket and finishing with the right or the left hand using that physicality. Obviously, there's still some areas of improvement for him, but the development with him and his game has come a long way from the beginning of the season. And I think those are two areas right there just you got to love it. Those guys battled, they fought, and they did all they could in their role to help this team win. Unfortunately, the rest of the the guys just just didn't do enough in a night where some questionable foul calls, maybe John Calipari is is focused a little bit too much on the referees and not the Xs and Os and what's going on with his own team, but not enough to get it done, Sam. A really really Kind of crushing loss in a, in the eyes of a lot of BBN. I, I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna go that far. You know, I'm a little more optimistic. I tried to kind of pick you up out of the dumps the other night after we lost because I know you ain't taking it so well. But um, let's get you in here, Sam. I want to get your thoughts, man. How are you feeling? How are you? Have you moved on from the loss? Are you ready for the next game? Or is this going to stick in your craw? Like, where where are we going from here? We've been on the bubble, Sam. It, we're in flux right now. Like, you got you to gotta let the people know what, what's going on, man. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, I thought you, you recapped that game well there, AJ. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the Kentucky Wildcats are on the outside looking in, AJ. I, I mean, at this point in the season – with our resume, with our so-called one win, and unfortunately I know all BBN rejoiced when Tennessee went down the other night and lost on the road to Vanderbilt, AJ, but it's a double-edged sword. I hate Tennessee, but man, that's our one quad one win on the season, AJ. We need that win to look as exceptional as possible, and Tennessee quickly goes from the number two team in the nation to, I bet this time next week, AJ, we might be sitting here and they're outside the top ten, so uh, you know, it, it's tough. We we are definitely on the outside looking in, and it's a tough pill to swallow. We we now created a margin of error that was so razor thin, now even paper thin. AJ, it, it's smaller. It, it's it's going to make the the end of this season that much more high pressure and intense, and it's going to be tough on these guys. Uh, you never want to put yourself in this position where you have to basically win out and get in, AJ. And, and we're almost staring at a, a potential of that having to come to fruition. And, and we're going to be playing a lot of good teams down the, the late stretch of this season, AJ. So, you know, I, I'm not doing great, I'll, I'll be honest, just because of the overall condition that this, this team is in right now. I'm confident. I mean, when you ask, am I ready for this next game? Absolutely. It's next game mentality. And we knew, AJ, unfortunately, at this point with the resume we've put together, they're one game seasons. So regardless of what happens game in and game out the next night, you've got to refocus and you got to treat it like that one game season. It's a playoff. And if you lose, you're out. Unfortunately, we are officially at that point in our season, AJ, where if we were to go on the road and lose to Georgia, you might as well pack the bags and head to the NIT if we even want to go there, AJ. So, um, you know, it's disappointing. Have I lost faith? Absolutely not. I I know that we still have the, the pieces we still have the team we still got the coach that can get us there it's just unfortunate that yet again you know at this point the games don't lie aj every opportunity that we've played in the quad one we've lost except for tennessee we have lost to every good opponent this year we've taken care of the bad we've taken care of the decent but the good ones we struggled with and uh you know it's it's an unfortunate reoccurring theme and i can't quite put pinpoint you know the consistencies in each of the game that is hindering us from getting victories, you know, early in the season's problems are different than today's problems. So, you know, that's going to be an issue for you and I to dive into well after this season's done, but I'm worried about now and getting this team right. And I think the way you recap the game is really important because it's a lot of the things that stuck out to me that we've got to address going forward. But, you know, first and foremost, AJ, it truly was a, a tale of two halves. I mean, truly. We could have walked into that first half up, AJ, had it not been for a very questionable technical called on Coach John Calipari that leads to two free throws, ball back, and a basket scored, which is a four-point swing just like that. And unfortunately, yeah, we go down at half just down by one thanks to a buzzer-beater shot by Damian Collins, which 
I love that inbounds play, AJ. We ran it three times on it on the inbounds play, and we connected on all three opportunities. So um, a very nice ball or off ball screen that's kind of a pin down that gives an opportunity to Oscar Shibway or even a wing because we've ran it before in games past for you know Antonio Reeves before and it's worked, AJ. So. Love the creativity that John Calipari is bringing there on some, you know, out of bounds plays. But, uh, you know, when when you talk about Oscar Sheway and his productivity, and then we also talk about Damian Collins, I, I think this is what everyone wants to talk about. AJ, it's what everyone wants to hear. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm all over Twitter and and Big Blue Nations up in arms saying, you know, Damian Collins, AJ, he played for eight minutes and had seven points and grabbed two rebounds. So that productivity is now making everyone say. Well, John Calipari, what are you talking about? You said you had to play Damian Collins more, and Oscar Shibway finishes with what thirty-two minutes and seven points. So they, they, you know, he he's got almost four times as many minutes, AJ, and yet does not obviously have four times the productivity. What I have to offer for our listeners is what AJ already brought you through. I I argue with the fact that don't get me wrong, I want to see more Damian Collins and. Him coming into what our expectation was for him this year, AJ, is one of the happiest things I've been able to witness this entire season. I mean, and I truly mean that, y'all, because it's been incredible to watch his growth and his comeback because I can only imagine this the battle and struggle that he's gone through. But with that being said, AJ, we're talking about the reigning national player of the year, and you find a way to get him the ball in his hands three times in the second half? That's unacceptable, AJ. It's unacceptable. And that has nothing to do with giving Damian Collins more minutes and Oscar Shibway left. It has everything to do with the creativity that we have offensively to find ways to get Oscar the ball in a position where he can't be doubled. And if he does bring a double, then we have to find new solutions to work him out of it. And you said it best, AJ. He has done a phenomenal job the last couple of weeks of being unselfish and developing that portion of the game to where he can facilitate out of a double or triple or quadruple team. And he's doing it pretty darn effectively, AJ. But now we've got to get him going because I'm telling you, AJ, seven points is unacceptable on six shots. I mean, he shot 50%, AJ. It's not like his efficiency wasn't there. Two of those shots, AJ, were blocked, like you said, on one possession. So that's that's an absolute inexcusable flaw that I notice in this game. And I understand it might've been some of it confidence, but you and I both saw he was the first player out there for warmups. He was the last player to leave after the practice the night before he actually stayed an extra hour, AJ putting up shots. And when we watched the start of that game, his jump shot looked smooth. AJ, he was able to extend the range, hit down a, you know, a mid range 20 footer. And I knew that that was a good sign for the evening to come. And unfortunately, you got to give some some of the credit. AJ absolutely goes to Arkansas and their defense and the package that they put together to limit Oscar Shibway. But I absolutely demand more in our offense to flow through Oscar Shibway to get him the basketball, AJ, because that's just – I totally agree. It's unacceptable. He's too dominant, and he draws too much attention to defenses to not try to work through him and create for others because regardless if he's scoring or not, He's got to touch the ball more, AJ. So that absolutely stood out to me as well. And that, that was frustrating to watch because, I, you know, I, I could feel it. it. It was like one of those games, where's Oscar? What is he doing? Why isn't he able to score? And it now watching it back and seeing the same issues you had, it was not about the lack of his aggressiveness. He just wasn't able to get the ball in his hands. So, Sam. Let's go back. Um, you know, I know everyone has amnesia and they um, can't remember what happened just even a few days ago. But, uh, you know, I believe the game before we played, um, you know, these guys here, um, we had a game against a team in Florida who pretty good defensively, right? And that, Top 10. Yeah, that was on, I believe, last Saturday, right? And yes, in that game, um, how many points did Oscar Shibway score? Four. Four, right? And me and you both came on here and talked about all the other things that he did and how he found a way to make an impact on the basketball game, right? 
Did we win that game, AJ? Yes, we won that game. And did we? Did did he touch the ball down in the post even though he didn't score? Yes. Absolutely. And what did we not do against Arkansas? We didn't even give him the damn basketball. Yeah. You no, have to at least get the ball down there and force the defense to move and react to it. Yeah, we, we, we gotta, didn't even do that. Yeah, we got to find ways to post him. And, and throughout the season, AJ, we have been very creative in our ability to pin him down in different scenarios to be able to free him up to at least give him enough time, AJ, to face up. Because if he faces up against the basket, AJ, when he first catches that ball, it really does limit a team's ability to bring the double because he's seen the double come. One thing that you watch some of the best bigs in college basketball, whether it be Zach Eady, whether it be Trace Jackson Davis, whether it be Drew Timmy, AJ, what they do so well with those guys is they they face the same issues. They're going to bring the doubles on those guys. But if you get them facing up against the basketball or basket, AJ, they can hold the basketball and they can see the defense coming towards them. We have to find a better way to give Oscar Sheway the initial opportunity and window of time to catch the ball. And before, because right now he's catching the ball and the double teams there, AJ. And, and I give some credit to, Musselman and those Razorbacks for doing some things defensively to limit those opportunities. But we, we've got to be more creative. We've got to get him the ball in more opportunistic times down low. It's all about the paint touches. And that's what really stood out to me, AJ. Points in the paint. Are you kidding me? You you, you already touched on it, so I don't need to beat a dead horse. But, oh, my gosh, that that is absolutely the story of the game, AJ. Kentucky gets dominated in the paint. And unfortunately, that is not an issue that we have had to this point. I mean, not not to this extent, AJ. So that that's a total team breakdown that has nothing to do with just Oscar Sheboy's defense. Uh, you know, I, I know I see it all over the place. I see it in the media and on, on Twitter. Everyone's really attacking Oscar Sheboy and his defensive effort right now. And I, I still challenge you to go back and listen to AJ's episode and his take last episode following the Florida Gators game AJ because he's not as bad as everyone thinks it's not his problem it, he don't get me wrong he has areas of opportunity to grow so does everyone so does Antonio Reeves continuously getting back cutted again on an inbounds play AJ so it's not one man a defense is not one man AJ sometimes you can see an offense be a one-man team I challenge anyone to find a team whether it be at the collegiate level or the NBA, no one's driven by a one-man defense, AJ. It is a total collective and unified effort, game in and game out. And we've got to get stronger in that area, and we've got to really buckle down because there's games, AJ, where 30 or 73 points should be enough, especially on your home floor. And, um, you know, I get it. They had 41 at half, so maybe we could have said, okay, we got to get over that 80 threshold, AJ, to win this basketball game. But unfortunately, some costly mistakes early found us in a hole, and we weren't able to have enough firepower to be able to, to get back. But, but I argue, AJ, still at points, it was not about going to get baskets. It wasn't. We, we got it back down to four. My issue was we had to stretch – points in the game where we got stops and we 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 couldn't find stops and the last thing i will offer uh, as a silver lining aj i guess i shouldn't say last thing but what i will offer as a silver lining is arkansas made tough shot after tough shot aj and i know that's easy to say and act like it's a crutch, but they did. And I remember checking in with you at halftime saying, "Hey man, i i don't mind our defense. We're, we're we're holding them to tough twos, like really tough mid-range jump shots, AJ, late in the shot clock, where they were hitting some daggers. And you, you even mentioned it, AJ, you know, Walsh has a step back three with zero seconds left on the shot clock and finds the bottom of the basket well beyond the arc with a guy that's shooting under 30% from the three-point line in his last six games. That's a shot that you have to live with. And unfortunately, a lot of their players stepped up and made some big-time shots, AJ, Ricky Council made tough shot after tough shot against us. And what I'll offer as the silver lining is when we look at the advanced analytics guys as far as expected points, and I know that's a that's a conversation we've had even during the football season, AJ, but for basketball, it, it's based off of shot quality is your expected points, AJ. So if you, you, your shot quality is high, you're, you're expected to make them. So just to dole it down for everyone, 
Arkansas's shot quality had a an expected points scored of minus 17 from what they had, AJ. So they were able to knock down 17 points, which is well over the margin. We, we lost by 15, AJ, of shots that were not expected to go in. Now, look, you can sit here and say, Sam, obviously some of those go, are going to go in. I absolutely agree with you. I'm trying to give a silver lining here where we played better defense than maybe what's indicated on paper. Don't get me wrong. All of my issues come from that second half, AJ, and the, the lack of ability to put together stops, some carelessness, and I know a lot of that, a lot of that does come from the impact we felt from not having severe Wheeler, AJ. You got Kaysom Wallace playing phenomenal. I mean, he goes off again, AJ, with 24 points, two blocks, three steals, five assists, and three rebounds. That is a stat stuffer dominating and paving the way offensively for us. And, and dude, he did it on 10 of 17 shooting, one of three from three-point line, which one of those, AJ, was him hawking it up at the end of the game, completely contested, and then three for three from the line. But he had 39 minutes, AJ. Too many minutes. And, and there was nothing we could do. Uh, we could have tried a do and got him in there. We only had seven guys touch the floor, but... In my argument, it just wasn't a good game to bring someone like a do in. We needed severe, and we felt it. And and obviously, our turnover ratio in which we lose was a key indicator. We've got 15 turnovers. That's too many, AJ. I like to see 12 and under. Perfectly, I'd like to see 10 and under. But unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of having severe Wheeler come off the bench, and we really needed him. But overall, AJ, I couldn't agree more. CJ Frederick. He, he was running cardio for the most part of that game. I mean, that's all he was doing, just getting his cardio in, going home. I mean, he's got to be more aggressive, AJ, and we've got to find ways to get him going. And the last thing I'll say, honestly, is I, I'm really disappointed in, in the two biggest things offensively because we can go into defense all night long. But offensively, AJ, the lack of ability for the Kentucky Wildcats to get – their heartbeat in Oscar Sheway going is so disappointing. We already beat it to death. The second is Antonio Reeves, AJ. That, that, that to me is extremely frustrating because he showed early signs that he was going to be able to really impact this game offensively. And we just don't get him going. We don't put him in scenarios the rest of the game in that second half to be able to get him going again. I mean, we were putting him in high ball screens where he was able to come off the screen to the left, and he was either knocking down that three-point shot, which I know that was the only one he made all night, but he also created a lot of offense off that screen as well, driving to the basket, creating passes for his other teammates, and I'm just disappointed in what we were able to do. He finishes with 11 points, AJ, on 4 of 12 shooting. I just thought it was a night that... We, we, we said in our preview, AJ, that we had to have equal guard play. Their guards versus our guards. I thought, obviously, Kaysom Wallace was phenomenal. He, he leads the game in scoring. Ricky Council was phenomenal on his heels with 20 points. Our next two guards, AJ, really just – I don't love what we were able to get from them, and I don't think necessarily it's his fault for his performance. I mean, 11 points is solid. But given the 30 minutes that he had and the the firepower that he brings, we really need to get that up, AJ. And, you know, that, that's that's overall my, my biggest concerns. I mean, we've got a big opportunity on the road to grab a win against a Georgia team that we just faced, you know, under a month ago, AJ. But it's time to get going and it's time to get right because we are out of time for lose and – let's learn from its scenarios. It's, yeah. it's lose and go home, AJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. This time of year, the position that, that the Kentucky Wildcats have put themselves in is definitely lose and you go home. And their next challenge will be Saturday morning as they look to get back to their winning ways when they travel on the road for their second matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs this season, like Sam just mentioned. Earlier in the year when Georgia traveled to Lexington, at that time, they had won six out of seven games and were on quite the win streak when Kentucky was able to knock them down. This time around, though, the Bulldogs have lost six of seven and will try to secure a much-needed victories to get themselves 
back on track down the latter half of the season. The last time we played the Bulldogs, it was all about Terry Roberts and Cario Oquendo, who had themselves quite a day combining for 39 points in Kentucky's victory. And if the Wildcats want to go into Athens and come away with a win, let's start with not allowing these two to get going. It's always tougher when you are on the road, so we cannot, I stress, cannot let these guys get the crowd rocking and get them going and into a rhythm. If you'll also recall last game, there's this guy on our team, Sam, and um, you know I don't know if you've heard of him before. He's, he's pretty good. Um, he actually last year won one of those uh, National Player of the Year things. I don't know if they if it's. I think it was unanimously too, AJ. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Um, I, I I can't remember if that award was important or not, but I just you know I thought we we got one of them on our team, so I might as well mention it. But. The last time we played the Georgia Bulldogs, he had a, a home a ho hum evening where he scored thirty seven points and had twenty four rebounds. So, yeah, listen, we just outlined the struggles of Oscar Shibway, and this dates back about you know three or four, five of the last games for the Kentucky Wildcats. Sam, I mean, a couple of struggling performances here, and maybe the confidence confidence is down a little bit, like we said. We don't think that the the team has done enough to to help him get involved in the game and really push that envelope. So I think now's the time, Sam. Look, we're backed against a corner, and I don't think there's any question as to who the leader of our basketball team is. That's Oscar Shibwe, and he is the one who has led us for the last two seasons, and knowing his character as a man and as a basketball player – when his back gets pushed against the wall, he's not going to fall down and just not fight. And so I think that this is almost the perfect storm in a game where he knows last time he absolutely dominated and we're coming off a performance where we struggled in the second half and we didn't involve him whatsoever. And every time we do get him involved, good things happen. So Look for Oscar Sheway to establish himself early in this game and often. And I just have a few keys to victory for this game, Sam, and then I'll, I'll get your thoughts here. But, you know, I think that first matchup was was a good kind of indicator of where these two teams truly are. I think Kentucky is a better team than the Georgia Bulldogs, but traveling on the road and coming off a crushing defeat, you just never know how these guys are going to react. So the one thing that we had success with last game, and we should have success with again uh, this game because they are one of the worst rebounding teams in the country, is is just hammering the offensive glass, Sam. I mean, working that ball, attacking the basket, whether it's Chris Livingston, Jacob Toppin, um, Case and Wallace off the bounce, getting to down to the uh, hole, and Oscar Shibway. I mean, we need to attack the basket against this team. Force them to foul us like they did last game. Go to the free throw line, make your free throws, and then just hammer them on the glass. I mean, that is a yep. one area in which you have a... It is a it's not even a... a I don't know if there's a word for a bigger, you know, bigger than a mismatch, but that's exactly yeah, we, what we this have, is. We outclassed them, AJ. I mean, 44 to 31 rebounds. I, I fully expect, and, and I think a key to our victory is having that 10 plus margin in the rebounding category. I, I totally agree with that. Yep. And then my second key to victory, Sam, is our defense and specifically the pressure, the ball pressure, and forcing turnovers. This is a team in Georgia who has a bad tendency to treat the basketball like a hot potato that just came out of the oven. So if you can just put a little bit of mild pressure on them, they turn into something that is not winning basketball. And so if we can do those two things, Sam, I'm going to be honest with you. There's no way in hell that the Georgia Bulldogs can score enough points to beat us in this basketball game unless – we do things like we did in the second half against Arkansas where we turn the ball over on four straight possessions for easy layups or dunks, where we don't get the national player of the year 
Oscar Shibway involved and different things of that that nature. You can't do that sort of thing. And when you go on the road now, can't do it. If you can dominate the glass and if you can defend at a high enough level in this game to force some turnovers, you're going to have every opportunity in the world to win this game. So go out there and take it, Sam. That's kind of where I'm at with this game. It's the second time you've seen this opponent. We don't need to dive into all the analytics and everything. We did that the first time around, and Kentucky came out with a 14-point victory, right? I think that's been established. You need to play your brand of basketball, Kentucky basketball, with the offensive rebounding, with the grit and toughness on defense, and you'll outclass this team. What I'm really looking for in this game from Kentucky, Sam, from the jump, all 40 minutes. This is not a game, and this is not a time. We don't have the luxury, Sam, to be going on the road at Georgia with six, seven games left in the conference schedule and win the game by one or two points or claw back at the end of the game down and find a way to win. No, 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 no. This is what this game is, Sam. You go on the road on Saturday you start from the very tip and you play till the very end and you step on their throat. And I don't care if you think you got a 40-point lead and you think you want to let up a little bit. No, 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 no. 40 minutes, nonstop, physical power basketball. We need to beat the living hell out of the Georgia Bulldogs. And I mean it, Sam. I, I really, truly do. We need to have a statement performance. Get out of our way, Georgia. We're not, we've got bigger things to worry about. You know what I mean? Like, you need to take care of your business on Saturday. It's a noon tip, Sam. You know how those noon tips can be the first half. Get ready for, get ready for a brick show. They're going to be hucking them up. I'm telling you, it's what happens in these early morning college basketball games, Sam. The first half, people can't make shots. You're going to have an opportunity. I'm telling you, there will be an opportunity in the first half for Kentucky to go on an extended run and break this game wide open and then step on their throat and end it. I want to see if the Kentucky Wildcats can do that in this game. That is what I am most looking forward to. Can Kentucky find a quote-unquote killer instinct in this game and end it early and not ever let the crowd get into it. You don't let Cario Quendo get going again. You don't let Terry Roberts start acting like he's Allen Iverson again. None of that, all right? You end it early, and that's what I'm looking for, Sam. What do you want to see out of the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday? And, you know, do you expect it to be a lot of what we saw last time, or do you think there's some other areas that we can exploit this Georgia Bulldogs team. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. When you when you bring up playing 40 minutes, AJ, it, it's critical, especially when you're going on the road, AJ, because if you remember correctly, I know we ended up winning by a margin of 14, AJ, but we actually went into to half at home down to Georgia, 42 to 34, AJ. So we were down eight at half, and then we end up winning – in the second half, 51 to 29, we held them to under 30 points. So here's what I'm saying. You go into Georgia, AJ, and you play a poor first half and you're down that margin on the road. They're going to taste the blood in the water and it's going to be a fight for your life mentality that you have to come into that second half with. We can't afford to go in there and start flat. We've got to go and we've got to play all 40 minutes. Let's hope that Severe Wheeler is available and we can keep fresh legs and just keep the motor rolling, AJ. Because if we don't, I'm telling you, this is a team and the Georgia Bulldogs that is fully capable of beating us. I'm telling you that. That's because I fully believe that anyone in the SEC can beat anyone in the SEC, AJ. We have to come in here and we got to take care of business. Be the more physical, more aggressive team. We got to the line, AJ, at will the last time we faced them, taking 30 free throws, AJ. There is no reason why we don't bring the same aggressiveness and downhill mentality against this team. The biggest thing for me, AJ, when you ask is, you know, are we going to face something different? 
The answer is most likely yes. They let Oscar Sheway go for a historic 37-point, 24-rebound, double-double last game, AJ. And they chose to do it, of which they did not double Oscar Sheway. I would almost have to bet my life on the fact that they will not roll the dice again and not double-team Oscar Sheway, AJ. So when you ask me, is something going to change? Yeah, something's going to change. They're going to bring the double on Oscar all night long. We have to continue to make the adjustments, one of which is what I just talked about, AJ. Get him in more opportunistic places on the basketball court, low in the post still. I don't need him catching the ball out the three-point line. Low in the post to be able to have time to face up, AJ. And that's my challenge to Oscar. Face up towards the basketball or basket, AJ. Second of which, we still have to create action off ball when Oscar does get double teamed. Create action for each other, move each other off screens, get some open jump shots. Because last time, AJ, we went 4 15 th- from the three-point line. I'd like to see that number increase in this game. The 15 number, AJ, taking 15 threes plus, that's where I'm going to be happy, AJ, because I think the last couple of games we've gotten away from some of our identity out towards the three-point line. Let's find that identity again. Let's get C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, and Casey Wallace going from deep, Okay. Last game, AJ, they hit seven threes after taking 20. What I'm saying to you is let's stick on that on-ball defending like white on rice, AJ. I mean, we've got to be on them all night long and make their shots difficult, and they're going to force some turnovers by doing so. You already touched on that, so I don't need to harp on it anymore. But it's totally a team that if you bring some high ball pressure and bring the intensity, they're known to cough the ball over. And then the last thing is absolutely it's rebounding, AJ. A full team effort is required because last game, I know Oscar pulled down 24 rebounds, but as a team, AJ, we pulled down 44. So there's still 20 rebounds out there for our team to go out there and get. And we absolutely need a team effort from every single player that touches the court. But all in all, AJ, I loved what you finished your, your approach with, and that's what I'll finish us off with. This is an absolute game where you have to have a killer's mentality. You have to go out there and be the hunter, and you cannot be hunted. We are the University of Kentucky, AJ, and we've been talking about it for years. We are always the hunted. Everyone wants a taste of what a victory is when you beat the Kentucky Wildcats. Enough is enough. You have to lay the law down and say, we're not going to give you those opportunities anymore. I am tired of this team of this fan base having to live with night in and night out, letting everyone feel the glory of beating the Kentucky Wildcats. Your backs are up against the wall, AJ. You have no room for error. For the rest of the season, go out and fight like you mean it. Fight like you know that, because you obviously do. And really put something together. It all starts against Georgia, and it's a one-game season. I'm not going to look any past it. I'm not going to look any in the rear of your mirror, AJ. It's where we are right now that matters, and we still can make some special things happen this season. All I'll say, AJ, is we're still 7-4 and four in conference play, trending towards the near of the top of the SEC standings. You put together a stretch of games here at the end of the season, and you worry about yourself and no one else, AJ. No one else. You could absolutely, and I have with full confidence say this, find yourself in a top four seed in the SEC to finish the season, which means you get the bye going into the SEC tournament, which is going to be critical for the Kentucky Wildcats to string together a couple of games in the SEC tournament to also add to their NCAA resume come Selection Sunday, AJ. So that, that is absolutely critical, and I hope that we show it and that we've got that mentality from here on out. Absolutely, Sam. All eyes will be down in Athens this Saturday morning as the Kentucky Wildcats look to bounce back and get back in the win column. It's now or never, my man. It is now or never, my man. I mean, truly, on the later stages of this season, Sam, I mean, it's gone by pretty quickly. Um as it always does, but you know, it's time to really see what this team is made of. And you'd think at this point 
that these guys have been through enough, right? Starting off with that loss at the end of last season and then from that point to where we are now. Sam, I thought you said that so well. I mean, it, it's it's kind of time to draw that that line in the sand, you know? Enough is enough. We go into games at, at times anticipating, hey, who's who's the no-name guy on this other team that's just going to go off tonight, right? Who, who Who's the guy who's going to hit the dagger shot on the other team tonight? And I don't know how to get out of that mindset on you know without just seeing things on the on the court that transpire and make us feel differently but you know I know we as a fan base in Big Blue Nation like we've been wanting to draw that line in the sand for a while now right but it, it's kind of time for this 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 year's version of the Kentucky Wildcats and in, in this year only let's not look at this on a on a macro level with you know all the years Calipari's been here or the last three or whatever, let's this season, right? It's time to draw the line in the sand and show Big Blue Nation and the rest of this country what this team is about, right? And it has to start this weekend. You gotta bounce back after the loss to Arkansas and get yourself back on track and, and then move from there. But as Sam has said a million times, it is a one game season. So we'll take it one at a time and we will look forward to the Kentucky Wildcats in the Georgia Bulldogs as UK tries to get the season series sweep against the Bulldogs going on the road this Saturday. Sam, I think that's about all the time we have for today. That'll that'll wrap us up. Appreciate your time tonight and getting on here and getting after it and breaking down this Arkansas loss and looking forward to this Georgia game. Um, you guys can check us out. Go on to our website, www.alloutkentuckypodcast.com. You can find our episodes there, some articles that we put up, give you a lot of the notes and, and breakdowns of what we saw in the game, previews if you want to see it in writing form and see some statistics and more of a visual person and stuff, you can go on there. Hop on social media. You can follow us there. Go on Twitter. Follow the podcast at AO Kentucky Pod. You can find me and Sam on there as well. Not too hard to find us. So appreciate your time again tonight, Sam. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Thank you to everybody listening and supporting the podcast. And go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. O-C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.